Money Show. Make Money Mondays. Make Money Monday is brought to you by the insurer, trusted by 86 of the top 100 companies listed on the JSE. Suntum, insurance, good and proper. Barry O'Mani, certified financial planner. He's the founder of Veritas Wealth. Now, I mean, you, you told us before, Barry, you need to have a will. And in that will, you need to be very clear about where you would like your money and your assets to go. And you've got to structure your affairs. You've got to be very responsible. And everybody took notes and they went out and got wills. And they carried on running their businesses, and they don't have a will for their business. Um, it seems a bit weird to think of it that way, but I suppose the equivalent of a, a will for your private assets is a plan for your business should you be driven over by a bus. Yeah, correct. And um, if, if if there were a bunch of entrepreneurs in the room and I said you should have a will for your business, they'd look at me as if I'd around three heads. Uh, it's not top of their list. Because he's and only got two, just for those of you who can't <laughs> see him, yes. Um, so so the, the thing we have to accept with an entrepreneur is that they've got an entrepreneurial spirit um, and, and that's what's driving them. And, and like any of us that have set up our own businesses, you start off by just making it work. And you do everything, literally everything from bottle washing to to finding customers to dealing with suppliers, sweeping the floors. You do everything and you get through that phase. And then the next phase for an entrepreneur is that you, you've now got a little bit of traction and now your business probably needs more money, whether that's more people, but that's a salary. So that's more money and you're going to have to borrow money and get hold of money and reinvest it into the business. And in and around this point, that's where probably most businesses would start failing um, because of the pressure uh, of the debt building up in the background. So the next phase, if, if you get through that, is, is then you have to start as an entrepreneur, you have to start to build systems and processes within your business to deal with this growth uh, as, it, as it goes along. Um, and a lot of entrepreneurs just don't realize they, they were a specialist in something and they had a spark that they saw an opportunity in. But they don't realize that being an entrepreneur, you have to continually evolve as, as the situation evolves. Um, and you have to continually educate yourself and learn new skills the whole way. So um, the next thing that, that you should be doing once you've built the systems and the processes is you need to start empowering the people around you. Um, it's kind of pointless spending five years of your life building a business where you know exactly where every paperclip is and every piece of paper is filed and the passwords to every computer. Yet you don't make it into the office tomorrow and that knowledge is gone and it's gone with you. Correct. And, and, and what you've got to realize is that you, you carry responsibilities and you carry responsibilities, first of all, to your family. Um, because they've been there taking the risks with you, mm-hmm. uh, probably unknowingly, but, but it's certainly there. The second is you, you've actually got a responsibility now to, this, to your staff because they've got their own families that are probably dependent on this job as well. And then the third thing you've responsibility to is are, are your c- customers so that you actually have a plan for them so they're not left down if something did actually happen to you. Now, the amount of people, Bruce, to go comment on your comment earlier is the amount of people who are control freaks and actually just can't leave a go is extraordinary in the entrepreneurial space. Now, that's part of the drive that actually got them through to be successful. It's what makes it wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. But but it, it, it also creates a, a massive business risk.
And you have to kind of go back and st step back and kind of go, well, what were you trying to achieve by being an entrepreneur and actually taking this risk of setting it up? And the first is obviously you wanted to make some money, whether it was just a salary or to make a lot of money. The second would be the freedom of your time so that you can actually decide um, what, how you want to spend your time. Yeah, that, that, that one worked well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what most people will be yeah. all mumbling on that one. Uh, autonomy, to have the autonomy of creating your own culture in your business and the work environment that you want to work in rather than being imposed on you. And then the last one is just on reflection would be the self-realization of the success of what you built uh, around you. Now, the, the why have succession planning and why is it important is that it's just basic good business practice. And, and the one rule that people should take away from this talk is, is that you, you need to run your business as if you're about to sell it. Yeah. And you must remember that. And it's a, it's a very important one. And the second of the good business practice is that you hold on to key staff um, by having a succession planning in place. Now, imagine the one day, let's say we were going to set up a business, a Bruce, a Bruce Whitfield business, and we sat there with a blank piece of paper and we said, we're going to, we have an idea in the warehousing space and we're going to call it, give it a name. Okay, so we go, Whitfield's Wacky Warehouse. Warehouse. Wednesday. There you go, on, on a Wednesday. On a Wednesday. All the was. Okay. I can so, think of it now. Okay, carry on. I know, easy on now. <laughs> so, so, is that a good name? Well, it's wacky, it's Wednesday, it's a warehouse, and it's Whitfield's Warehouse. Lovely. Okay. So, so I would argue you've forgotten the first rule already. Yep. Why? Because Adrian Gore didn't call Discovery Gore's insurance company, did he? Exactly. Yeah. There you go. So if you're thinking about selling the business, don't put your name to it because you're, you, you've already tied this thing. You're, you're disassociating mm -hmm. yourself from it uh, immediately. So there, that, that's quite an important point to always remember as you're going along. Then, to slightly confuse the matter, is how do you create value in a business? Well, and it's now, all about you, isn't it? Well, now you've got to think like a buyer. Because what, would, what is something, somebody that's coming along to buy this thing? And this doesn't go for every business, but let's just stick with four basic points. The first thing is you have to look at the quality of your staff. The second is, and this is linked to the quality of your staff, are the relationships in your business transferable? Can you transfer those relationships? Or is yeah. it all held by, by, by the wacky fellow? The, no, no. <laughs> the um, quality of the income and the nature of the income, and that you may not be able to determine this, but is it an annuity stream? Because then you're going to get a higher multiple. Is it commission-based? That's a little bit, uh, you get a lower multiple. Is it a regular income? And also the nature of the business in itself, is it a cyclical business? Um, and then the question you've got to ask yourself is, do you work for the business or does this business work for you? Now, everyone, all the entrepreneurs are now hosing themselves laughing because, of course, they're all working very hard mm. uh, for their businesses to make it happen. Um, absolutely. I mean, the, these are absolutely crucial points, but it gets to the point where there's got to be a value on this business. You've got to have a succession plan in place. You've got to be able to relinquish a level of control because if you do bite the dust, that business will go with you unless you've got all of these, these various aspects in place. Correct. And, and, and the, the last point in just setting mm. this up is you have to understand how you could value your business. 
what what is it? And there's probably three very, very basic ones to, to look at. The first is that you s- sell the business within. And typically, if you don't die, this would be a slower process because the people in the business wouldn't have as, the money. Um, so, so it's a lower value you're going to get out and it's slower. The second one is that you sell to a third party or to a competitor. Um, and that would be at a higher value, hopefully. Uh, but the problem here is you're probably going to have to work in the business for two years to hand over those relationships. And, and that can be stressful for all, not just yeah, you, but all for your staff, uh, trying to get used to this change management. And then the last one, which is the nightmare, is, is a fire sale. So going on your one that you didn't, your initial one up front, you had no plan for your business, you died or something happened. Basically, it's a fire sale. You sell the stock, they strip the profit or they keep it going for a little bit. They strip the profits out of the business and they close the door. And that's not good planning uh, for anybody on a personal financial planning basis. Well, let's connect it to financial planning. We'll do that with my guest this evening, Barry Omani. He's a certified financial planner. He's founder of Veritas Wealth, creating a financial plan for your business. It is your business. It is a business upon which your family depends. It's a business upon which other families, people you've employed over years, depend as well. And it's a business upon which your customers depend. And let's assume for a moment that you care about them. How do you look after the money show? Make money Mondays. Barry Armani is a certified financial planner. He's the founder of Veritas Wealth Management. You've been through this process, I guess, in your own business. I mean, yeah. if you didn't make it into the office tomorrow, would it carry on? Yeah, I mean, it's it's actually part of the phase act as part of your compliance. Um, every Every time you sit down... You, with your compliance officer, or once a year, they say, "Well, what is your, uh, what is a disaster recovery um, okay. thing?" And now we've got hit. Um, the year I won the financial planner of the year, I did what all good Irish people did, and I celebrated. I celebrated and came in around four o'clock in the morning uh, to get a phone call the next morning to say that um, there's a fire brigade hosing um, water into your office. Now I'm thinking, okay, that's very funny, <laughs> uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't at all. Yeah. And all the water came down the three floors down the fire into our office and we were sitting with a few inches of water all over the place thinking, okay, well, there go all your trust files uh, at the bottom of the cabinet. Um, and so, so that's one scenario that, that we have to cover. The, the other is if something happened to me uh, or to my partner. That, and, and there are two levels to all of these things. There's one is on a personal level, and the second is on a business level. Yeah. One, are we taking care of our customers? And two, are we taking care of, of our families? Yeah, uh, absolutely pivotal, of course. So how then do you take the concept of that financial plan, which you may very well have diligently implemented at home, mm. uh, based on life insurance and all sorts of other things and investments and the assumed value in this business that you've, uh, that you've created or you've co-created, um, and sort of adapt that into the business context. Yeah, so so if, uh, just to go through the concept that w- works very well with, when we're speaking with entrepreneurs is the first is to draw a circle and, and to call it the business assets. So within a business, uh, you have your salary, you've got profits, you've got, hopefully, uh, dividends, uh, and potentially, and I always go, potentially a capital sale, but, but we always go on the basis that you won't have a capital sale. Um, the second, um, so, so the characteristics of that is, is that it's high risk and it's high reward um, and it's highly specialized and you normally will have to gear yourself at some level to make, to get this thing off the ground. The second bubble in your life is, is your life. 
Mm-hmm. So your your house, your cars, sending the kids to school and whatever. I, you can't call it an asset, but maybe some people would argue that it is an asset. Um, and then you're spending money on whatever else. So so the business is the cash cow or is the tap that flows in to pays the bo- that pays the bond and pays uh, for the cars and whatever else. Then you have a responsibility in a third bubble to start to build, let's call it a compost heap that you build up that one day when you don't work, because you can't work forever, that you have enough put away in this compost heap that uh, can take care of you and your family or the business stops suddenly and you've got that. Now, again, I'm just reiterating, I'm not putting in the capital value. I'm assuming that the environment changes and yeah. you don't get any money for it. So it's a bit like the guy at the casino now, and he's doing really well at the tables. Somebody's whispering in the back of his ear, in, in his ear going, take the chips. Walk away 20. from the table. No, 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 just, just your profits. Keep sticking yeah. them in the back pocket and you're not allowed to touch that pocket till you go to the cashier. Yeah. Okay, so that, that's really what I'm saying. So if we as a financial planner sit down with an entrepreneur and we say to him, listen, you need to diverse. First of all, have you realized that you continually reinvest in this business and you and your family are taking on all the risk? Because let's face it, if you need money, the bank aren't giving businesses money. You have to have the assets. So you're probably borrowing for your own bond anyway. So it's you and your family have taken on this risk. The second is that you've given up the opportunity cost of probably earning a decent salary somewhere else where you could have saved money. And the third thing, silently, is that time is going by and you've sunk three, five years into this thing. So when we go to an entrepreneur and we say to him, listen, first of all, do you realize the risk that you've got here? Secondly, uh, you need to diversify your portfolio away from this thing, like the guy put your chip in your back pocket. Um, You should start with a retirement fund. I mean... The arms go up and they start flaying all over the place. Going, but this is my asset. It's going to be worth millions. We will get you away. We, you cannot get me the return that I'm going to get from this asset and whatever. And he's 100% correct. And we would actually turn it on the entrepreneur to say, you better get a better mm-hmm. return than the balance yeah. fund or whatever else you, you were going to put the money into because of the risks that you've taken on here. So, so like, don't come at me. The pressure is on you now to get that sort of return. So, so the the basic concept, and and constantly people do this, is like we come across people who would be whether it's quite capital intensive and they have to buy a lot of stock, and they go off to Asia and they buy the stock, they import it, they bring it in, and they're telling us, no, well, I'm going to keep investing. You're saying, but buddy, you're 50 or you're 55 years of age you are fully in debt on your house. It's time to change this. You need to change this picture. So somewhere around between 50 and 55, you need to be starting to get out of debt, first of all, on a personal level. And then you need to start building up what we would call the lifetime assets in your retirement funds or wherever else. If that's property, whatever you want to do with it, but get it out of the business and away from the business so that you have got this compost heap. Absolutely. Everybody needs a compost heap. Barry Abani, <laughs> thank you very much. He's a certified financial planner, founder at Veritas Wealth Management, helping you look at your business and the way in which you structure your life just that little bit differently.